0: word, I have the Vapors over our new sponsor that you'll learn more about later, but we just couldn't wait to let you know that you can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting <laughs> casper.com forward slash gals and using promo code gals at checkout.
1: Oh, my word.
0: <laughs> How do. Top of the muffin to
2: you.
1: You are listening to Wine and Crime, the podcast where three friends chug wine, chat true crime, and unleash their worst Minnesotan accents. Mm-hmm. And Not to be
3: confused with Canadian.
1: Which is very similar. But they very are
3: eerily similar.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. And also fake mm-hmm. British Southern Plantation owner accents, also. Yep, yep,
0: <laughs> yep, yep, yep. yep. Ah. Yeah.
1: Yep. yep. All
0: executed. Perfectly. Flawlessly,
1: um, a flawless. a flawlessly. Um, <laughs> this is a very special episode because it is our fiftieth episode. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We're golden girls now.
3: <laughs> yeah, we are in the podcast world. But like, who are we?
1: Oh right, I'm Kenyon. <laughs> I'm Blanche. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lucy.
0: In every (laughs) quiz we've ever taken, we've all gotten bland. I know.
1: We don't have a very good spread. I'm the Mary. No, I'm the Mary. (laughs) You're the Rhoda. Uh, And I'm not a Vivich. Okay, so Mm -hmm. again, 50th episode, and the topic is equally special. Because the Mm -hmm. topic this week is crimes solved by psychics. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been waiting for this one for oh,
0: Reaching wow. into the beyond <laughs>
1: <laughs> It's going to be pretty great I loved
0: this um, mm-hmm.
1: Before we launch into our wine crime pairing uh, We have one thing to butt plug Butt plug We mm. will be at CrimeCon in Nashville Whoop. On May A 4th Nash-y
0: Nashville 5th
1: So excited And 6th it's going to be yep. awesome. Um, yep. We don't have our promo code as of taping this episode, but as soon yep. as CrimeCon gives it to us, we will share it literally everywhere because... We've been emailing them, like, daily. They hate so us. So
0: it should be coming soon. They
1: fucking hate me. I email <laughs> we might uh-huh. constantly. We be at CrimeCon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I emailed them, like, Christmas Eve and was like, hey... Do we have a promo code yet? Like a crazy person. Next
0: week on Wine and Crime, Kenyon gets us kicked out of Ki- CrimeCon.
3: <laughs> Sorry, guys.
0: <laughs> we tried. But No, we're contractually obligated to be there, so we will be there. We
1: will be there, and it will be in Nashville, and it will be amazing. And just hang tight for that promo code, because if you buy your tickets and use it, it really, really helps out the show, so... Uh-huh. And we're
3: working on potentially rewarding those who use our promo code, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so keep that in mind. So we're stands. also working on a like a little meetup for uh, our listeners who go to CrimeCon. So yep, so it'll be fun. It'll be worth it. It's also Kenyon's pseudo bachelorette party. So is. Yes, we're going to so be
1: real drunk the we're whole gonna time. It's are going to be crazy. <laughs> our blowouts are going to be insane, you guys.
0: We are going to be looking exactly <laughs> like Nancy Grace. Yeah.
1: There will be four I Nancy
3: Graces <laughs> at CrimeCon. I
0: want Con. us to perfectly match <laughs> Nancy Grace every day of CrimeCon.
1: When you walk up to 75% of them, they will be raging drunk and so excited yep. to talk to you.
3: I um, will be, be wearing a silky blouse all three days and pointing at you with my pen mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. a very intense glare and chunky mm-hmm. pearl. No, it's me. I was going to say so pearls. many
0: chunky layered necklaces <laughs> and <laughs> eighteen bumpets in our hair. <laughs>
1: uh-huh.
0: Just tears and tears of bouffant.
1: <laughs> so much hairspray, literally Just choking on the hairspray. conspiracy theories. Nobody spewing. light up near us. Okay.
0: (laughs) We just go up in
1: flames. (laughs) So that is our butt plug for CrimeCon. Uh, Definitely use the promo code once we have it. Please, please come. It's going to be so much fun. Okay. Moving on. Amanda, what is our wine-a-crime pairing for crime solved by psychics? Uh,
0: This week, we are drinking the diviner Sauvignon Blanc from Wink Wine Club.
4: We talk about Wink
0: Wine Club all the time because it is fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. It is an online wine club. Done. (laughs)
1: What more could you possibly want? What more could
0: you possibly want? I mean, I I need I go further, but um, (laughs) basically, if you head to trywink.com forward slash gals, that's T-R-Y-W-I-N-C dot com forward slash G-A-L-S. Uh, You get a promo code for 20 bucks off your first order. They have you take, like, a little flavor quiz so they can make suggestions about what uh, your palate prefers. You don't have to go with those selections. You can um, just pick from any of their hundreds of bottles that do change pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. So you're not pigeonholed into, like, one thing. These bottles are unique to Wink. So if you find wines that you like, you can't get them anywhere else, um, which makes them extra special and then it gets delivered to your friggin house Mm -hmm. so be like us never leave your home Mm -hmm. and you know (laughs) just be a fat happy hermit Mm -hmm. like me
1: and the wines are also Um, really affordable especially using our promo code gals
0: yes Mm -hmm. their wines typically fall in like that 13 dollar a bottle range um your first box you get four or five wines for like 30 bucks mm-hmm. it's crazy with that promo code and if you try it and you hate it you can always cancel it but I don't know why you would because wine that just appears every month is, an, is actual magic mm-hmm. so amazing <laughs> like um, bluetooth yeah, yeah precisely <laughs> I know that we literally did a Sauv Blanc last week, but obviously we had to choose this wine for its amazing name and its gorgeous label. So if you are in possession of the Diviner Sauv Blanc, just like gaze at it Mm -hmm. in awe because it's one of the most beautiful labels I've seen. Mm -hmm. Um... This wine is sourced from two well renowned vineyards in the Santa Inez Valley. And this Sa Blanc was fermented in stainless steel and lees stirred once a month for texture. We'll talk about what that means. Um, this kicks the fallen sediment from cached out yeast, which is what lees are, back up into the juice during fermentation. So mm. let's talk a little bit more about lees. Again, that's L E E S. Um, as the yeast cells started to break down during the process of fermentation that's when you know all that sugar is being like eaten and turned into alcohol um, they release tiny amounts of sugar and amino acids and the presence of these compounds is uh, sensed on our tongues and palates as uh, like textural components and also a little bit of um, like mouthfeel and some residual flavors but it mostly affects how the wine is gonna feel in your mouth hmm. so white and sparkling wines that are aged on lees are often described as, like, creamier, richer, fuller-bodied. So I'd imagine if you're drinking, like, a really buttery, creamy Chardonnay, mm. they probably do lees stirring that, like, kicks that cash-out yeast back up occasionally into the product while it's <laughs> fermenting to just, like, thicken it and give it some of that, like, creamy mouthfeel.
1: Does that make sense? honestly sounds yep. a little bit like kombucha.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean... Kombucha is a fermented. It's a fermented tea, so right. it follows a lot of the same, um, like scientific steps yeah. mm-hmm. as fermenting wine or beer or you know whatever. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool, and it just gives like a fuller body and greater depth and complexity of flavor when you do that Lee stirring. So I think. Especially wines like Sauv Blancs that can tend to be like very acidic and very dry, I could see how they would benefit from this procedure because it just kind of,
2: mm. you know,
0: gives a little depth to the flavor of it, and it's not like a giant acid bomb by the time it's done.
2: Okay, which is cool. kind of cool. All
0: right. Um, this particular bottle is a little more on the crisp and lean side, even with that lees stirring. They're probably just not doing it as often, so that it's like it's not a Sauv Blanc that tastes like a Chardonnay, which makes sense. Um, it has a lighter body, a uh, lot of notes of minerality, and it clocks in at 12.1%, which is not crazy high, but for a Sauv Blanc that's, like, pretty on the nose, you're not really going to see Sauv Blancs that are over 13%. Mm-hmm. Most whites are going to be in that, like, 11 to 12% range. You're going to see more boozy reds mm-hmm. than white wines.
1: Mm-hmm. Although um, I do love me yeah. a Sauv Blanc.
0: Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. It's, it's so good. It's my
1: favorite. Mm-hmm.
0: It's such a great food wine, too, because mm-hmm. it just that dryness and that like tartness on your palate, it makes you salivate and just opens up your taste buzz. Mm -hmm. So if you take like a little sip of salt Blanc before you eat a bite of something like really delicious, really anything, but spicy food is so great with salt Blanc because the acidity balances that out really well. Buttery food, fish Mm -hmm. is so great with salt Blanc. Um, I'm I'm never the kind of person who's like, oh, you can't have white wine with steak. Like, fuck it. Do you like white wine? Do you like steak? Then it's a good pairing.
2: Yeah. Um,
0: but I could see a good, like, dry Saubon blanc going well with a nice cut of red meat just because mm-hmm. any, you know, kind of the general rule of pairing is you go either... Similar or opposite. Mm-hmm. So with fatty foods, you either want to do like a nice, rich, robust, like buttery wine, or you want to do something completely opposite that's going to cut your palate and cleanse it between each bite. So something high in acidity is going to pair really well with fatty food, like a like a ribeye.
1: I think Sauvignon you know? blanc. Uh, at least I find it goes really well with long pig. Oh,
2: mm, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely I find it beautiful goes pairing. Well with literally
3: anything. Yes. A Snickers, <laughs> toast,
2: a Snickers,
0: Doritos
1: I find under my couch.
3: Yeah, <laughs> gum.
0: God bless. Cool. All right, well, cool
1: Ranch, namely, yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we are popping this open Ooh. this week with one of our signature Nice Pop Wine and Crime wine keys, uh, yeah. which you can find on our website store, wine and crime podcast. .bigcartel.com. They're super cool. And these wine keys are seriously, I'm like, we order them without 100% knowing what they would feel like in your hand. And as someone who's worked in the restaurant industry opening wine bottles for over 10 years, this is a really fucking good wine key for Mm -hmm. the price. Like, it's crazy nice. It's really sturdy. Yeah, it works really, really well. And I've definitely been seeing um, some folks in the happy hour group asking about, like, what wine key works, and I hate my wine key, and blah, blah, blah. Other than a shameless plug to get you to buy some of our merch, this wine key is actually really great. And I am planning on bringing it back to my bartending gig that I start up again this Friday night.
1: Yay! I love it. Yeah. We care care about the quality of merch that we send out to you guys. Mm -hmm. And so far, people seem to really love it. So, Mm -hmm. honest to God, true. That's been good. And if you have beef
3: with anything, let us know. Because...
0: We want to know if we, we have to know. source it somewhere else cuz mm-hmm. we want our stuff to be top notch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to pop this bad boy open. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Ooh!
2: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> nice pop. Nice
1: pop. <laughs> you can also get a nice pop travel mug with a handy phonetic guide for how to pronounce you nice
0: sure pop can. I'm looking at mine right now. Yeah.
3: Uh I got an Instagram direct message video from one of our followers the other day. Mm -hmm. She lives in like the UK somewhere, and it's her and some guy (laughs) popping a bottle, saying, "Oh, nice bath." I I love love when
0: people send us those videos,
3: especially those of you with accents. Yeah, like please try to imitate US us accents. Oh I'm my
0: trying God, to remember who favorite. it was. I think it was someone who lives in Australia who tweeted one of those mm-hmm. videos, and it was so <laughs> fucking cute—the like Australian Minnesota nice pop accent. They're my favorite. It cracked
3: my ass up. Yeah, yeah. We need. Yeah. I think
1: we need to save those and do a compilation. Oh, <gasps> I agree. Such a good Let's idea. do it. Oh, okay, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to go about that, but we're gonna do that. Okay. I don't Lucy, either.
0: take that on. Ready.
1: Laugh. What? Cheers. Cheers. Oh, cheers. Uh, Cheers. What is our background in psych? Actually, no, we've got a special background in psych segment for Crime Solved by Psychics. Why don't you introduce it?
3: So, I have mentioned before several times in previous episodes that I personally use a psychic, and I Mm -hmm. love him, Mm -hmm. and he has a very good track record. Mm -hmm. His name is Charles Tiemann. Uh, He is based out of Des Moines, but he does phone readings all over the world. He attends psychic conventions. I've had readings from him, I think, five times now. It's just he's so interesting and he's so cool and he has the coolest background. So I invited him over to my home (laughs) <laughs> to, A, tell me if my house is haunted. It is. <laughs> it isn't anymore. Oh, oh God. Because you saved the Ever shit out of it. Ever since you moved
0: the locks. No, he, he said he doesn't know. He moved the locks know, to the basement. He,
3: he said he doesn't know why the little old lady went away, but she's not here anymore. And then during our reading, he looked at me and he said, there's a lot of fear coming from the basement.
1: Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that. Her basement that that
3: has, like, a row of four locks on the outside
0: of the door so you can lock something down in it. it.
3: That's what he said. He thinks that, like, a father punished his children maybe by locking them in the basement or they fucked with each other by locking each other in the basement. But, yeah, I pried those locks off as soon as we moved in because it was super creepy.
1: I was locked in the garage by the son of my mom's roommate before we moved to... Sam. Minnetonka. Yeah, what an Ooh. ass. It was not good. Um, My
0: sister used to lock me in the basement, but that's because she's just a horrible monster. <laughs> Love you.
1: You had like vodka
3: in the basement. Though.
1: Yeah, you had a great and basement. And it was like carpeted we, th- and This well was lit. not
0: in our Minnesota house. This was in our Connecticut house, and it had like a little latch lock. Oh, that's
1: good. On, ba- on
0: the outside of the basement door, and I have vivid. Childhood memories of my sister being able to reach that lock and me not being able to reach that lock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks,
3: Ashley. <laughs> love you. Uh, I was the oldest, so I probably inflicted that on my sister. Yeah, mm-hmm. we
1: tortured your sister. It was fine. Oh, mm. for sure.
3: Um, especially Amanda. So moving. I on. did not. <laughs> mostly me. It was mostly Kenyon. But yeah. for some reason, she holds a grudge against Amanda exclusively. I love that. Whatever. Funny.
1: I feel like I was grandfathered in. She was too young to remember. Yeah, classic
3: Kenyan getting away with things. (laughs) Okay. So I invited Charles over to tell me if my house was haunted and also to interview him about what he does as a psychic, um, Mm -hmm. how he does it, what it feels like, and then also a little bit about him working with law enforcement. So... Uh, we have a little bit of the interview. Uh, this is an abbreviated version. We will have the full version of the interview with him, which is so interesting, uh, available for our Patreon donors. Mm-hmm. So that you'll be getting that link
1: by the time this sh- episode airs. And I mm-hmm. highly avail- encourage you to check it out. That's available to Patreon donors at all levels. So even if you know the most you can give is one dollar a month, you have full mm-hmm. access to all of our Patreon content because we we understand that everyone has financial constraints and, and not everyone can afford to give at the higher levels. But we want to make sure that that content is available for everyone who's donating. So,
0: mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. have made resolutions for 2018 as the whiny crime gals to provide more zany and fun mm-hmm. Patreon-only <laughs> content. So if you have been on the fence about joining Patreon, honestly, the time is now because mm-hmm. we're going to be coming up with some weird and really fun shit mm-hmm. to share with only our Patreon donors. So uh-huh. keep an eye on that.
3: Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so here's the interview with Charles Tiemann. Hey, I'm here with Charles Tiemann, and he is a psychic. I'm yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, just going to ask you a few questions about what you do, how you got started and just I think your field is so fascinating. So I just kinda wanna hear what you what you've got to say about it.
4: Okay. It's nice to be here.
3: Yeah, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um so where what uh what is your title? What do you call yourself?
4: I call myself an intuitive consultant, but basically I'm a psychic. Okay. That's just another name for it.
3: And how did you get involved? Like what, what is it that you do?
4: When I was nine, a friend of mine's mother told me when I was talking to her, I was giving her a reading. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it meant. And then she started having me talk to her friends and it started from there. Then I started studying and there's been times in my life I tried to get away from this. I went to college. I got a degree in theology. I got a master's degree in psychology and I keep being drawn back to this. So I've been doing readings for close to 40 years now.
3: So what is it, on your end, what is it that you experience that gives you this skill?
4: When I'm doing a reading, I basically just start seeing images, and sometimes I hear voices that are people's guides. Other times, I can hear people if they crossed over. Sometimes they communicate with me. Other than that, it's just a knowing. I start talking, and stuff comes out of my mouth. Wow, that's cool. And I just have a knowing, and I sort of feel like I'm in a void when I'm doing readings. And then I use Tarot, and they just, Tarot just helps me give us give me a focus point when I'm doing a reading on somebody.
3: So it's not the cards themselves that are giving you these answers; it's just a way to channel. If you your... learn
4: basic general Tarot, um, it would just be really general. There is a the Tarot itself is not really a vehicle for a reading; it's a meditation tool used in the Kabbalah. Oh, okay. And it's very detailed and very. Um, oriented, which I do study it as a meditation tool, but um, basically I just use it as a focus point. Because, like I said, if you just use the general information on a tarot card, it would be so vague it would fit anyone.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So, uh, how do you feel about like what you do for people? What's the most rewarding or maybe challenging part about?
4: Um, a lot of what people come to me for is almost like a counseling session, and I can help see people transform their lives. It's not just telling somebody that next week they're going to get a new car or something or predicting stuff. It's about helping people find balance within their own self, and then they can create their own future.
3: Okay. And there's a lot of talking to people on the other side too. Is that a big part and of it? And messages people from cope? the
4: other side, yes. Yeah. And helping loved ones connect to the people so they can say their farewells. Mm-hmm. I'm just basically a walkie-talkie. It's not me doing this. I'm just telling people what I'm seeing. And so seeing how that can transform people is why I do this, because no amount of money and no job in the world can give you that.
3: Mm -hmm. What's one of the most challenging parts of your job?
4: Um, Knowing how to help somebody that doesn't want help, because I can see stuff for people that you're just not ready to see, and I just can't tell them, Mm -hmm. are seeing telling something to somebody that they just don't want to hear or they don't want to comprehend.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: I mean, sometimes I see stuff that's not necessarily negative. It's just not stuff they want to hear, and that can be difficult. But I also feel that I was, I'm was i seeing it for a reason, so I have to tell the person what I'm seeing.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And so- then
4: I can help them try to cope with it and look at ways of dealing with it.
3: So if you were doing a reading for someone and you saw something just horrific in their future, you would explain that to them?
4: If I see something horrific, 90% of the time it's because you can avoid it. So then we look at avenues of avoiding it. Or sometimes if I see stuff like death, which I don't see that often, mainly because most people don't choose, we all on a soul level can choose our own time of crossing the thing that does happen once you cross over is you get more knowledge of your past lives. But if you were a real ass in this lifetime, you're still going to be the next, an ass in the next lifetime. That You don't just go from that to a saint. I mean, it's possible, but it's rare.
3: Well, that's unfortunate to hear. <laughs> Yeah. hear. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about the work that you've done with the with law enforcement. or um...
4: I've worked helping find missing people. Um, I did help a case quite a few years ago, finding a police officer, somebody who murdered a police officer. Um, and I've done a lot of different cases.
3: Yeah. Is that, um, one of the most difficult things that you do just because it's very, maybe violent and Um, just hard to do.
4: It's hard because depending on how you're doing the reading, sometimes when I'm doing a reading, I can become the victim and I can see what the victim experienced. And that's very traumatic to some degree. Um, Other times I'm seeing it from the eyes of the killer, and what's difficult about that is you sort of understand where they're coming from, and that's creepy, because you're in somebody who's not stable's mind, Mm
2: -hmm.
4: and that feels, you know, but you just have to keep reminding yourself that you're not that individual.
3: Yeah, is it hard hard to... Pull yourself out of that once you know that vision is over. Is it? Is um, it hard it to separate? It used to be. It's
4: not now because I do readings all the time, so I you learn how to disassociate. It was a lot more difficult when I was younger.
3: What do you say to people, or are there many people out there that just think you're full of it and doubt your they're abilities? And, I. Yeah.
4: It's not my job to make anybody believe in anything, and they're entitled to believe that in this or not. Everybody's at their own level of growth. And if people are ready for this kind of knowledge, then they can have it. If they're not ready, then there's a lot of other ways to get information and knowledge in this world. Mm-hmm. So everybody's where they need to be. It's not my job to try to make anybody believe in anything.
3: So you've never had any like difficult confrontations? Oh,
4: I've had quite a few. Yeah, but And when I was younger, I would try to. But it's just I'm at a point now where it's not worth fighting for. If somebody doesn't want to believe in this, that's their option. Mm-hmm. I'm not somebody that cares if you believe in this for me and my clients it brings them a lot of comfort and it brings them a lot of information if they people choose not to take a part of that I can't you know people don't believe in God and yet I know God exists in my heart but people don't you know that's what people's choices are and you can't change somebody from their choices mm-hmm. and that's what growth is about we all are here to grow and evolve and eventually that's the where evolve and grow to a place where they can understand stuff
3: um, so obviously your s- skill set is not average, but do you still have moments or readings or uh, experiences where you're like, oh, whoa, like that was
4: super weird or something? Yeah, I mean, I every time I think I've heard everything, something comes in that shocks me. And it's not... It's more of if I'm doing a reading and I'm feeling something... That find somebody with a lot of just thoughts that are okay. I mean, sometimes people have sexual deviance, and then when I'm doing a reading, I feel what they're feeling and understand from their perspective, and that can be creepy.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, other times, it's just somebody's extremely religious, or very spiritual, and you almost feel like you're in the presence of a saint or something, and that's a little unusual. Um, but it's just. One thing I've learned from talking to people from different being an empath is that everybody's unique and everybody has their own unique marker. So everybody brings a uniqueness to others, to this world. Some people are more obviously more unique than others, and when you experience that or somebody that's more outlandish, it's just or somebody that's against, like, there's certain things that it's not in my nature. When I feel them, it just feels totally opposition. It's not painful. It just my brain gets confused.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: But you, none of that, like, sticks with you. You wouldn't be like, oh, maybe I'm a sexual deviant.
4: No. Because as soon as they leave, all those feelings leave and all the emotions leave. Mm-hmm. And I do 10 to 15 readings a day. So... I almost become like 10 or 15 different people a day. So as soon as the next person comes in, I'm feeling their feelings.
3: Do you ever feel like you're losing touch with who you are because you're, you're in so many different minds and emotions? Not since
4: I learned how to ground. What is difficult is it's like when I go in a crowd, I feel like 10,000 people in my head, so I just avoid really large crowds. Um, I don't go to concerts. I don't go to shopping malls, especially around the holidays. Um... I can block it for a short period of time, but when people are really excited, their energy explodes, and when you have a thousand people in a small place and you're an empath, there's only so much blocking you can do before you feel all that.
3: So you did not go Black Friday shopping?
4: I do not go Black Friday (laughs) shopping. I I don't go Christmas shopping except going online. Yeah. But usually most of my Christmas shopping is done by October, so I don't have to deal with the crowds. That's good.
3: Well, thank you very much for talking to us today, mm-hmm. and um, you have a website. Can you tell us a little bit about your business if anyone's interested in reaching out
2: to you?
4: I do psychic readings um, and psychic counseling. I can help people communicate with the dead. I also am a pranic healer where I help people balance out their energies. Um, my, my website is psychic lightcom and they can give me look me up and give me a call there.
3: And I can tell you listeners from experience that Charles is very talented and I highly recommend his services.
4: Thank you very much.
3: So thank you very much for talking to us today, Charles.
4: Thank you. Bye-bye.
3: And obviously
0: going to a psychic is not for everybody. That's, you know, that's Mm -hmm. not what I did after my dad passed away, but through friends and family who have gone to psychics, there have been some, like, affirmations and connections to my dad that have been, like, really profound for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, again, whether or not you believe in it, I still change my mind all the time about whether or not I believe that it's real, but Mm -hmm. some of that stuff is just, like so on the nose, it's just creepy.
1: I, mm-hmm. Even though I'm an atheist, and I think I've talked about this on the show before, I believe that there are things about the universe and energy that we don't understand yet yeah. and may never understand in, in terms of science, just because mm-hmm. science is so rooted in what can be observed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's stuff out there that we don't understand, and I think that there are people that have higher levels of intuition or, or whatever you want to call it.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I don't think, I don't think that that necessarily conflicts with my non-spiritual beliefs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, cause I, there's, there's
3: gotta be things that we don't understand. I mean, I don't, I don't think it would be right to The think ocean so highly is a thing we our, don't yeah, understand. Yeah,
1: right. There are parts of the like, There's like, of we were just watching <clears> some <throat> David Attenborough thing last night. we Planet ex- two? Yeah, probably. We were probably <laughs> this. Is it on Netflix? Then yes. But um, yeah. we've yeah. only explored like 1% of the ocean floor. Yeah. Like, there's probably ghosts down there. Yeah. Right. To,
3: th- to
0: think probably that. probably the ghosts go.
3: <laughs> to think that we as humans understand everything based on what we've observed and what we understand in our small minds is yeah that's a
0: very obtuse way of thinking it's an,
3: it's yeah exactly mm-hmm. I love thinking that there are things that we just don't fucking know and we mm-hmm. will be surprised and yeah you know what's what's wrong with not knowing
1: right yeah that being said or at there least are, not
3: understanding
1: there are a lot of charlatans out there. Like, oh, I don't yeah. believe every psychic, you know? I'm still highly skeptical of oh, most. There's I would money
3: say. to be made. There's fraud happening.
1: Yeah, for sure.
3: So crazy. Uh, but yeah, Charles, um, if you want to get in touch with him, you can check out his website at psychic light.com. Mm. Um, his name, again, is Charles T. Not Zeman. Not Seaman. Okay. <gasps> Got it. But, Someone misheard me. It was
0: all uh, of us in the world.
3: Semen <laughs> is spelled T I E M A N, M A N N,
1: and semen M-A-N. is spelled S E S E M E N.
3: It's T I E M A N N, and again that's psychic lightcom dot com. So he does phone readings. He's fucking awesome. Check him out. And thank you, Charles, for thank being on the show. You, you are a delight. And thank I'll be Charles. in touch soon. Yeah. You're going to give us <laughs> yeah, readings we when we will. go to Des Moines.
1: We're going to be so excited. Yep.
3: Yep, yep, yep. All right. Okay, so on top of that, I do have a little bit of background for us to understand a little bit more about psychics and how they work with the police. Mm-hmm. mm um, so, psychics, clairvoyants, mystics, spiritual advisors, all of these describe people with paranormal psychic abilities. Mm. So, the people uh, who can help police are gifted in areas of post-cognition, which is seeing the past. Okay. Um, psych- psychometry, which is gaining information from inanimate objects.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Because that comes up in my nose, but I didn't bother to Google it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Psychometry,
3: mm-hmm. Uh, telepathy, dowsing or divining, which is related to the wine for this week. Yeah, um, and Harry which Potter. Yeah, technically is finding water or minerals underground or sometimes graves underground. Mm. But it's when you hold those two metal rods, the rods and like when they cross, rods. when they yeah. cross, there's like water under you or something. But a lot of. Uh, psychics or people with paranormal uh, abilities can use it for different purposes other than just fucking finding water because not super useful in 2018. Yeah, not anymore anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also remote viewing, which is something that Charles talked about a little bit too. So like they can see what somebody else saw. Or that's mm-hmm. cool. They can see like a whole scene of you know something happening. Patricia Arquette from the
0: acclaimed television show Medium. Oh my god, had many of these talents. I'm you sure. guys, she did. Watch that show, like immediately. That actually
1: sounds amazing. I'm more. I'm more uh, into Long Island Medium. Uh, mm. I love her. Yeah, she's pretty great. And please My don't email us her
0: with
1: how oh, she's been debunked. I don't care. I just love her.
0: She's entertaining. Entertainment she's an value. She's entertaining, people. yeah, like total lying sack of garbage. And I also,
1: love who's that
3: beautiful boy who's like the celebrity psychic? Oh, I He's don't like know. He's like this sweet blonde boy who oh, does psychic readings for like celebs on like the E Channel or something. In Minnesota, oh. we have.
0: Psychic Gary Spivey, who's, like, on KDWB's morning show, like, every month, and he's so crazy, and he does so many shows at, like, Mystic Lake Casino. It's so funny. Oh. I want to go one so bad.
1: Okay. Oh, my nice. God. There's
0: no way he's real, but he could be funny to watch.
3: Oh, yeah. He's very um, charming. Okay, so this field is generally viewed with great skepticism. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm figure, since these talents are considered pseudoscience and haven't ever been proven by a high-level peer review. So, like we were talking a little bit before about, Mm
1: -hmm. you know,
3: that doesn't really stack up against hard science a lot of the times, but... Mm
1: -hmm. But there's something there, in my opinion. There's something there. In my humble opinion. And also, we don't know what molecules do, so... Mm. (laughs) It's all crazy. Or the ocean. Some of us. Do.
0: None or, of us in this chat. <laughs> Let's I
1: don't start know. making you know. a list. Let's start making there's a no list. There's no way to know. <laughs> we'll never know. Of things we'll that we'll never, never know. know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Math, the ocean, molecules. <laughs> I don't think there's
3: enough paper in the world for that list.
0: <laughs> to make that list for us. <laughs> oh
3: my God. <laughs> Accurate. Okay, so police departments will usually not seek out psychics. At least they won't admit that they do. But some departments will accept information provided by psychics and just treat it as a tip. hmm uh-huh. So, you know, they just have to investigate their leads. Um, according to a survey in 1993 of police departments in the 50 largest cities in the U.S., about one third of them said that they have accepted predictions from psychics in the past, mm. but only seven of those departments treated the psychics' information differently from any other source. Hmm.
2: Okay. So, okay.
3: it is possible that they either put it at the top of their list of tips to investigate or, or possibly the at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, and a lot of times this information is used to corroborate other tips. Yep. So, like, if one person came forward and says, you know, oh, he's buried in a vegetable garden in Clive, Mm -hmm. and the psychic says the same thing, then maybe they're like, okay, we should probably go check this out. Okay. Um, And uh, they have to be, the cops have to be really wary about accepting information that wouldn't be admissible in a court. Mm. so if if they had to come forward and say we got this tip from a psychic then it's possible that the jury would be like um fuck all of this like yeah all this out this is ridiculous Um, so that said according to a memo that i unearthed via google (laughs) the the psychic abilities of google Well, it was like a weird CIA memo scan, and it said, like, release to the public at the top. I thought I was really excited about it. Cool. At one time, it was an internal memo at the CIA. Fucking Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy (laughs) over here.
0: (laughs) Tinker Taylor Google Spy.
3: It was the fourth hit
1: on my Google
3: search. You
0: didn't even have to go to the next page to find I it. go to
1: the next page. Okay, but that does not count as unearthing. You just lost all your cred. No. Yeah,
0: you're done. Oh
1: my you didn't God. find it. I didn't look. We were look. looking for
2: it.
3: <laughs> the CIA has admitted... That law enforcement does occasionally employ psychics. So the memo reports that they contacted 11 agencies for this survey, mm-hmm. agencies that have found, quote, some success with psychics in the past. Right. So of those the 11 agencies, relating to specific cases that these psychics helped with, eight of these 11 officers that they spoke to said that the psychic provided them with information that had not been included in a public media report.
2: Oh, that's, okay. That's, that's cool. Good. That's so, good.
3: So, 8 of 11, psychics knew something that the general public did not. Mm-hmm. That's kind
0: of crazy. That's, like, that's a lot.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and in in three of those eight cases, bodies were located in areas described by the psychics.
0: I have a couple of those yeah. in my case. Same. It's like... The details, it's fucking crazy.
3: Yeah. It's all over the map, though, you guys. Like, the, sometimes what the psychics get is super fucking vague, Yeah. or it's about some aspect that is not relevant or not useful
1: mm-hmm. to the police or to finding them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Or the person's and, already dead, and then it's just like, well, fuck. Right. I mean, obviously, I still th- want to solve the case, but... In my case, it's a lot. The guy pretty much doesn't prevent any crimes.
0: Oh, no. No crimes are prevented in my story either. (laughs) (laughs) None.
1: Well, that's
3: kind of why, like, when we talked about Mm -hmm. post-cognition, which is seeing the past, like, police are not interested in precognition. Well,
0: no. If a fucking psychic, you know, barreled into a police station being like, this is about to happen, they'd probably be like, you're fucking crazy, get out.
1: Exactly. I meant I more like if somebody was kidnapped, and then it's like you've right. got 12 hours to da-da-da. It's like, a lot of the times it's like, this is where the body is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah,
3: I think in that case, too, so many wires would be crossing. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. I don't think, I, I mean, whatever. I don't know. But... That seems more unlikely than than a psychic saying this person is dead and they are underground and they are near a forest or something like that. They're under the ground. (laughs) They're six feet under. Let me get my divining rods. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in three of the cases, bodies were located in the areas described by the psychics. Two Officers said that the information given was too vague to be useful, and one said that it was not useful at all. So that mm. ac- accounts to the three that didn't, the three of the eleven departments that like it mm-hmm. didn't really work out for them.
1: Okay.
3: Um, in the 1970s, there was an actual committee formed called the Committee for Scientific Investigation of Claims of the Paranormal. That is too long a name <laughs> for a committee. Because now they shortened it to the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry.
0: Okay, well that's that much better. Does that
3: better for you? Yep. 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 That's yep. better. That's a <laughs> not, lot better. Not Thank great. you for
0: asking better oh my god (laughs) i've heard better but
3: that is better so their mission statement is that they seek to quote promote scientific inquiry critical investigation and the use of reason in examining controversial and extraordinary claims this was put together because of the perceived acceptance by society and the media of paranormal activity this was in the 1970s um and what they called a tide of irrationalism Hmm. So oh. it's a bunch of scientists kind of Trying hitting to back, debuff. being like, "Being like, why is everyone believing psychics? Like, mm-hmm. can we ple- can we have some kind of committee to to kind of evaluate how legitimate this is? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, they're just doing what scientists do."
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, so these guys wanted to make sure that there was hard science to keep these claims in check. Some things that these committee that this committee investigates. Oh my god! I want to join this committee immediately because <laughs> it's still—it's still. I mean, they're around. It's the thing; mm-hmm. they have their own magazine. So they investigate
1: yogic flying. Okay, Skep- what? Skeptical of that.
0: Is that just like aerialists with really good bodies that I'm jealous of?
3: <laughs> no, do you guys, Did you guys go to the the Ekenkar Temple in Chanhassen?
1: Yeah, no, have I've you never been? In.
3: Okay, I've been there several times. I've only <laughs> been in the lobby,
1: but I went with you, and we had to wear little foot foot droilies. I got
3: a tour of the whole fucking place, and we went into this uh, big room with like a big blue skylight where you go to meditate, and basically they claim that you can sit cross-legged on the floor, and you can like jump, like people jump up in the air while sitting cross-legged, and they can like Weird. fly. It's like a supernatural thing. So
1: it's not That's a, crazy. It's not metaphorical. It's not transcendental meditation. It's they uh-huh. mean it literally.
3: No, I mean, I'm saying it literally, but they mean it as like a transcendental thing. But you are in the air. Okay. Like, I don't think no matter how strong a person was, you couldn't really jump up from a cross-legged position mm-hmm. with... Your legs to You'd the ex- to the extent that they were claiming okay. I mean they were claiming that you get like several feet like feet off the ground so that's what they're talking about yogic flying and that's not just at Ekinkar I've heard it in other like religions okay um, yogic flying they also investigate astrology voodoo alternative medicine UFOs the Bermuda triangle oh I have to Intelli-
2: intelligent- an
0: entire episode on the Bermuda Triangle yeah. so bad.
3: They have, like, a watchdog about uh, intelligent design being taught in schools. Mm. So they're, like, trying to kind of crack down on that as well. They have mm-hmm. a, a lot um, on their plate.
0: Yeah, they're taking on a lot. They sound yeah. like a Christian mom's group.
3: <laughs> plus, plus near-death experiences. <laughs> and, of course, psychics. Yeah, well, it's really just a, it's a network of, of scientists and researchers. I question
0: your commitment to sparkle motion. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, my God.
3: Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to psychic investigators, the committee has claimed that psychics rely on retrofitting information to come up with theories that batch evidence that the cops already have. Mm-hmm. Very possible. Mm-hmm. They also say that the psychics employ c- what's called cold reading, which is fishing for information while making it look like it's coming to them paranormally. Mm-hmm. Like I see a man, and his name starts with an M. Yeah. Or maybe an N, or maybe an R. And, and then, you're then like, you get yes, Richard. And yes, it's yeah. Ray. Yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: So the um. That's what that committee is, which I still think is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, the FBI has never officially credited any psychic detective for solving or preventing a crime, or finding a victim alive or dead. Police have never credited advise, them for it. Not never officially, no. Wow. Because yeah, I think I that mean, would impact the credibility of the FBI. Oh, yeah, it would. There's it no way would.
1: they would ever, yeah, actually admit. But I feel like at um, some point, if the FBI is reaching out and paying people, then they must think that there's something to it. Sometimes, I don't know about the
3: FBI, but possibly slash probably the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. But again, it's not it's not on paper. And even yeah. the few um, like projects that we've all heard rumors about about them employing psychics, like that's all kind of under the table it's yep. not really
2: mm-hmm.
3: I mean even even if they have to admit that it was going on they wouldn't have to say whether or not it was successful or had any real impact so mm-hmm. no one's been officially credited Mhm. Um, and then police will typically advise parents of missing children not to engage with psychics because it could potentially give them false hope or misleading information, which paired with high emotions could complicate an investigation. I mm-hmm. can
1: understand that. I mean, I think if I were a parent of a missing child, I would say fuck it and still do it. I'd yeah. go straight to a psychic. And, and probably be manipulated <laughs> in the process. But mm-hmm. I, I understand the law enforcement perspective there completely of like, I know, ma'am, that this person told you that she's in a chicken coop but yeah yeah the evidence <laughs> there's no
0: does reason not suggest to believe that. that
3: yeah exactly yeah yeah and that cia memo reported that many families of missing children will contact a psychic for i mean because many families probably react like we do it's like right. I'm going straight to a psychic <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. you're just grasping at straws you'll take anything <clears throat> at that point
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, But in the end, if nothing else, and kind of like we noted before about our friend, um, psychics can help those with anxiety by giving them hope and some kind of perceived path or direction to take, even if the psychic is full of shit.
2: Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean,
3: any kind of answer is better than no answer when it comes to certain things, especially for people with anxiety issues. Oh, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, um, my
3: my dad passed away suddenly taking a nap,
0: and like all the doctors could tell us because there was no autopsy because he just died of like natural causes and everybody was like well he probably died of a heart attack but we don't know for sure Mm -hmm. and just like any piece of information you know my aunt has seen a psychic and my dad came through to her and then my dad came through to lucy through charles saying pretty much the exact same things that he said to my aunt, who saw a psychic out in Massachusetts, like a completely different person.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, mm-hmm. So it's just like whether or not there's a giant like conspiratorial network of psychics that are like, oh yeah, this Jacobson girl's probably gonna ask a friend to ask about her dead dad. Here's what you should say. Um, it definitely gave me a lot of a lot of comfort and a lot of closure, even though I didn't go myself.
3: Mm -hmm. I really liked uh, when I asked Charles... Because I talked to Amanda, like, the day before I had this last reading with Charles. And Mm -hmm. she asked me to ask about her dad. And um, so I asked Charles, and and he was like, okay... I said, I want to ask about my friend's dad who's passed. Mm -hmm. And he said, okay, what's his name? And I said, his name is Mike. Mm -hmm. And and a second goes by, and Charles goes, okay, but what did you call him? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, I jokingly called him Mr. Jacobson just mm-hmm. because that was just a joke that I have with all my friends' parents and mm-hmm. Charles was like, ah, oh, yep, there he is.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no one ever called him Mr. Jacobson, like, except Lucy.
3: No. It was either, like, Mike or
0: Mr. J. Or yeah. peg-leg Mike. Or peg-leg, because he had one leg.
1: You called mm-hmm. him up to his face? No. Oh, yeah.
0: I, I didn't. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> he basically came up with it. He He did. loved it. He thought it was so funny.
3: Yeah. So yeah, and so yeah, they can shed light on the unknown and relieve some stress for some people. Um, and if you find yourself maybe grappling with such anxieties and stressors, psychics are not the only solution for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: That you is can true. also
3: check out Talkspace, which is the easy, affordable, and convenient way to connect with a therapist in your area. Mm-hmm. Well,
1: a therapist licensed in your area, but the best part about Voxing yeah, is that it's online or via phone mm-hmm. or text or video message or all the other things the kids do these days. Mm-hmm. But you can text them at any time of the day. It's, it's amazing. amazing. It's the best. It's my therapist the has
0: definitely challenged me over the last several months to open up to her about my dad and try to work through a lot of that stuff, mm-hmm. and it's been like tough, but also so rewarding. I think that, I can't speak for everybody, but I think when you experience a sudden loss like that, you oftentimes go into sort of just like an automatic survival mode and you don't necessarily
1: process it in that time process
0: it yeah in in a way that is super healthy I think for me especially I compartmentalize a lot like I remember when my dad died I took a couple weeks off to go spend time with my family and then I came home and I was like okay boss I want to work every day I don't want like any time to myself I want to work all the time, and I did. I worked every single day, and then I was never alone. Like, I always had friends over, Mm -hmm. and
3: um, it's just That was such a weird time for you, too, because your niece was born the next day, so it was like a happy, devastating, what the fuck am I feeling time. Yeah, Yeah. it was crazy. There are a lot of emotions that
0: I never completely process, and it's like now, four years later, Mm -hmm. I'm back in therapy, and going through... The actual healing process of losing my dad in a way that I didn't do when I was doing it by myself. Mm -hmm. So I can't recommend it highly enough. I mean, if you try Talkspace and it doesn't work for you, please seek out therapy that does work for you. But Talkspace has been so wonderful for me personally.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. It's just so convenient. It's just such a smart way to do it. And honestly, it's it's always a good time for therapy uh-huh. because it's always the right time to prioritize your mental health. And we get a lot of emails from listeners talking about mental health and, and then physical health issues that then impact their mental health. And, um, you know, we're always just really, really proud of people for prioritizing their mental health. And Talkspace is one really great way to do that. So... Um, if you go to Talkspace.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S, uh, that will get you $30 off your first month of Talkspace, and it is much more affordable than in-person traditional therapy, and also more convenient. So, yeah, check it Love out. Love it. And like Wink, you don't have to leave your house. Yes. Yeah. It's so great. I talked to my
0: therapist from the bathtub, you guys.
1: <laughs> it's really great. <laughs>
0: Like peak relaxation mode. <laughs> yeah. That is fucking self care if I have ever heard of it.
1: Yep, yep. yep. Therapy treat, from treat your brain.
0: Talk space. Treat, treat your brain. No
1: brain. <laughs> uh, talk space. The bath bomb for those with mental illness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, cut that. Okay, so. <laughs> nope don't don't cut that moving on to my case which if you weren't already in need of talk space you will be in need of it after my case because it is great
0: can't wait i'm already like highly emotional from the last five minutes of conversation i'm really sorry
1: i know it's okay it's okay how are you how are you feeling after that very emotional discussion are you good i feel good yeah yeah okay None Good, because I'm going to destroy crying. you
0: right now with my story. Yeah, my story oh my is God. really sad. It
1: has nothing to do with... Well, never mind. Yes, it does. I'm so sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. Nothing Fuck. to do with dead dads. Oh, wait. It's all oh, about wait. having dead
1: dads. <laughs> it. does. i <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wait. It will destroy you. <laughs> it's, it's backstory, but it's there. Fuck. Actually, oh, no. Shit, it's really bad, and it's really insensitive. I'm so sorry. I didn't realize. I don't care. Okay. All right. I'm drinking. Uh, guess who I'm you're drinking. dealing
0: with. It's me.
1: Okay. All right. Ready? For... Let's do yep. this. Ready. Yep. So, <laughs> on February 20th, uh, which was uh, February 20th, 1961, which was George Washington's birthday slash President's Day slash I'm drunk. <laughs> um, what the fuck? A, four, a four-year-old Edith Kakorius vanished after playing in her uh, in front of her uncle's apartment building in Manhattan's Chelsea neighborhood.
2: Hmm.
1: Okay, so it's 1961. At that time, Chelsea was not such a great neighborhood. It was mostly tenement buildings and like by-the-hour motels and uh-huh. seediness. Um, of course, now it's like art galleries and froyo and spin classes and like. You can't afford to live there, but... And the, the,
0: like, tenement museum, which is amazing.
1: Yes, true. Um, But back then, it was a little bit seedy. So, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: uh, Edith's uncle had been watching the child play, uh, quote, skipping and hopping along the sidewalk. But shortly Mm -hmm. after 4 p.m., he went to buy a pack of cigarettes across the street. And when he returned just a few minutes later, Edith was gone.
0: He left a four-year-old unattended on the street. It was
1: 1961, but yes. Still mad. Yeah. I mean... I mean, she yeah. was fine. Well, yeah. <laughs> she wasn't
3: I fine. I mean, obviously not, but... <laughs> she was super not fine. Super
0: not fine. Yeah, the opposite of fine, <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. If you retracting my casualness.
1: <laughs> if you looked up <laughs> the antonym of fine. Um... No, it was 1961, and he did go just like across the street for like two minutes, but still, yeah, she was four, so. <sighs> okay. She was immediately reported missing, and a massive uh, manhunt ensued, stretching from New York City to Massachusetts and even to Chicago, searching for the missing girl in the purple snowsuit. Mm. Okay. Mm. Edith had been a beautiful, blonde, hazel-eyed child um, who sometimes went by the nicknames Googie or Google. What? Founder of Google? Founder of Google. (laughs) Edith, baby girl, founder of (laughs) Google. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I saw that and was like, well, obviously I'm doing this case. Yeah. And that never comes (laughs) up again. Um, oh my God. <laughs> I was sucked in. Okay. Uh-huh. Oh my God. She was raised in Brooklyn by her mother, uh, who had become widowed when her husband died of pneumonia soon after little Edith was born.
0: Oh my God. This woman. Yes. What tr- more tragedy could befall this poor woman? I know. We're about to find Let's out. Let's wait. Stay
1: tuned. No, no, no. As far as I know, this, these were the two major tragedies of her life, but I don't know. Um, uh, fingers so, crossed. Little Edith, her mother and grandmother, uh, had come to her uncle's apartment on 8th Ave and 18th Street to visit during the public holiday, because, again, it was George Washington's birthday President's Day. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad that actually tied into something because that was an
3: odd factoid to get.
0: Yeah. I have a feeling that factoid is going to continue to tie in somehow.
1: Well. It was National Pie Day. <laughs> no, it, only because it was like a long weekend and the family lived in oh. Brooklyn and then they came into Manhattan, which back in 1961 was more of a rare thing. Mm-hmm. To do, I guess. I f- so they forgot you
3: assholes got President's Day off. Yeah. 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 Nobody else gets that off. Nope. nope.
1: Okay, with no leads to speak of, the police hit the pavement searching for the little, little girl. Uh, they went door to door throughout the neighborhood. Teams of police searched sewers. Um, helicopters scanned rooftops. In total, almost 400 officers were dedicated to the search uh, in that week after she went missing, okay? Wow. So they, I mean, they really took it seriously right away, and it definitely helps that she was, like, this adorable little girl. Yeah. In a purple snowsuit. In a purple snowsuit. I know. Baby muffin. Baby muffin. Um... They even uh, dragged the bottom of the Hudson River to no avail. Um, So they really put a lot of resources on the case. Um, One police theory at the time was that a woman, possibly a barren woman, which I don't think you're allowed to say anymore, with, I say that all the time. I do too. With crossed fingers. <laughs> with crossed fingers. Oh no. Hoping I'm barren. That makes me feel bad. Um, with. Uh, it's okay
0: for women to not want children, Kenyan. Yeah, no, I know. Don't but let some,
1: society
0: tell you that we have to have sense. kids. I'm soups on the fence, you guys. (laughs) The more time I spend with my sister and nieces, hi Ashley, the more Mm -hmm. on the fence I am about having Mm -hmm. kids.
3: The fence is cutting me in half.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mean that. Of course, that's fine. And some of you should not have children. I'm looking at you, Lucy. But...
0: No, barren is not a super kind term, especially for folks who are trying to have kids yeah, who exactly. cannot conceive. Yeah, yeah. Okay. we get that's, it.
1: That's what I meant. Yeah. We it. wish okay.
0: you the best. Should you be listening, we're sorry you're going through that. That sounds horrible. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's it's hard both ways. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so some woman with like frustrated maternal impulses or like a mentally deranged mother figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, might have taken little Edith, and so police searched records of mental hospitals for recently released women matching those profiles.
0: I but- wonder why that was a prominent theory and not, like, in my opinion, the much more likely theory of a fucking pedophile man, mm-hmm. white mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. abducting that child.
3: Wait, mm-hmm. what year was this? 61. The 60s. I mean, sure. So I watched a documentary about Johnny Gosh, Mm -hmm. who disappeared from Des Moines, Mm -hmm.
2: um,
3: in the late 60s, 70s, I think Mm -hmm. late 60s. Mm -hmm. Basically, nobody wanted to talk about the possibility of pedophiles or children being abducted for sex ring purposes. That's true. Mm -hmm. Like, that was not, people just did not want to talk about it, didn't want to admit that was a possibility, or mostly didn't know, like... That was just not on anyone's radar at the time. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, people didn't want to talk about it. And also, I feel like the early 60s and, like, 50s women were just considered, like, hysterical for a number of reasons yeah. and, like, medicated yeah. and committed and all this stuff. Just like, oh, you know, they're acting crazy. So I feel like it was definitely a, a product of the time that that is where people's mm-hmm. minds went to. It wasn't the only theory, but I thought it was... Sure,
0: it was a prominent theory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hashtag fucking patriarchy. Continue. Yeah,
1: Yeah. exactly. Okay, Mm -hmm. so Edith's disappearance and her mother's apparent unbearable grief, so her mom tried to give, like, one interview and, like, barely got a sentence out and then was just, like, consumed with grief and couldn't continue. Um, Poor thing. Yeah. uh, Sent shockwaves through the city and even the world, so her case made front-page headlines. Uh, that week. Mm -hmm. And then within uh, the first couple of days after her disappearance, randomly, the vice president of KLM Airlines, so just a Mm. random, wealthy member of the public, decided to get involved. Okay. Uh, So he just read about this case in the newspaper and was like, oh my god, this is tragic, like, I want to help. Whatever. And so, uh, this dude, Mr. Vogels, um, was aware of a renowned Dutch clairvoyant named Gerard Quaze. Don't know how you say that with a Dutch accent, so I'm saying it the French way. Um, who had assisted... <laughs> Deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no idea. Um, who had assisted with various police investigations throughout Europe and Australia. Okay. It should be noted that this guy had worked with police investigations with moderate success, so he was kind of hit or miss.
0: Okay. But. (laughs) I feel like a lot of that same thing could be said for a lot of psychics who work with police.
1: Yeah. I I mean, just
0: for a lot of psychics in general. Like, it's not a, we know it's not a science. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah. And like we talked about, a lot of their visions or perceptions are super vague or, Mm -hmm you know, might not have anything to do with the case. So, of course, that would be considered useless Mm -hmm. non-information. Or
1: or I was looking through his record, and we don't have time to get into all of the cases that he worked on because there were a lot of, like, high-profile ones, but a lot of them were just never solved. Yeah. So it's impossible to know whether or not... It's impossible to judge whether or not what he stated was... Uh, accurate or
0: if his contributions were useful or not because they just never got to the end of the case
1: right (coughs) um okay so uh side note about this clairvoyant Quasay. um he looks like um oh my god what's his name in the princess bride the funny guy the giant no.
0: Okay, there are so many <laughs> funny guys in The Princess Bride. This is like the most vague description you oh, can ever give short, us. Oh, the short,
3: squat, bald guy who tries to poison him. The one that lives in the tree with his
1: wife, Billy Crystal. He looks like Billy oh, Crystal. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> he looks just like <laughs> Billy Crystal in The Princess Bride. Go look at photos on the drive. The the funny guy <clears throat> from
0: Bride. He has like an <laughs> Einstein haircut.
1: Yeah. Oh my lord. But
3: is he does look like Billy Crystal skull in from this fucking movie. fucking Little Mermaid. Yeah, he
0: looks like the seagull from Little Mermaid. Why too. did you upload a picture of Scuttle from the Little Mermaid?
1: <laughs> because after Scuttle does his hair with the fork, that was the first thing that left in my mind. It's a dinglehopper. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Look at this stuff, isn't
1: it neat? Yeah, after oh, Scuttle God does his Lord. hair with the dingle hopper, thank, thank you. you. Want a thing I'm above? I've got 20. I got, I got 20. But who cares?
2: No big deal. No big deal. I, I
1: want, want
2: more. more.
0: <laughs> and then we lost all of our listeners.
1: <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. He does
3: look like Scuttle with the post dinglehopper. So <laughs> <Yeah>, I know. <laughs> Thank well, his you. nose is huge too. It's basically <laughs> <Like> a beak.
1: <laughs> a beak. <laughs> he looks just like a combination of Scuttle and Billy Crystal in The Princess Bride. It's kind of His
0: nose is like you a are divining one. You 100% rod.
1: correct. Thank you. I feel very well validated. These visual
0: aids are perfect.
1: There's a picture
3: of <laughs> Billy Crystal in the Princess, oh, Princess. Right? I know, I uploaded it.
2: Where is it? Where is it? He <laughs> <laughs> looks just like it. <laughs> Identical. This oh is
3: uncanny.
1: God. Oh my god! We'll I'll put all of this on the blog, you guys. Don't worry. I'll put I'll put a side by side, kind of like Baby Lucy and that prod case. I'm crying. <laughs> we broke Amanda. Usually, I'm the one that gets broken.
2: Okay. <laughs> okay. 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 So, so spot on. <laughs> I know.
1: Okay, so.
0: I couldn't tell that that was Billy Crystal.
3: <laughs> I just thought it was another picture of the He's
1: peeking sky. out through a small window in a know. door. I don't arc. know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you live. I don't fucking know how you live. <laughs> Dutch oh. psychic. We'll never know how he oh. lived.
0: There's no way to know.
1: <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So, oh. Oh. okay. So Billy Crystal was well known as a, a magnetizer. I'll say. <laughs> a psychometrist. Oh, I almost uh, uh, spit. Oh. A parapsychologist. Um, he experimented with collective thought concentration on psychokinetics. So he basically had some experiment, and I couldn't get into all the details. But they like did a program on Dutch TV, and he asked like Dutch viewers, you know, like <laughs> thousands of Dutch viewers, to like concentrate on moving this ball in real life, you know, from one part of the screen to another part of the screen, or whatever. Can you
3: please tell me that he flew to the U.S. via O'Hare and road tripped <laughs> to New York City with an attractive blonde?
2: <laughs> and
1: they fell in love 30 years later. And got <laughs> I'll have what she's having. <laughs> <laughs> he hated the wagon wheel s- coffee table. He hated is the <laughs> He loved to sing "Siri" with a fringe on top. I love that movie so much. (laughs) I'm definitely watching that as soon as we're done
0: recording. can we wrap this up? Because
1: (laughs) we'll skip Amanda's case.
0: Harry met Sally in 4K (laughs) HD. Watch.
1: Oh my God. Okay. So (laughs) his his name (laughs) is Ira. Okay, okay, okay. No one is
0: listening. Okay. Everyone has turned this off yeah. at this point.
1: Croiset <laughs> was said to possess healing powers. He even treated some polio <laughs> patients uh, by touch alone. Hmm. Um, okay, so he, his reputation preceded him, and the VP of KLM Airlines calls him up, uh, gets him on the phone and, from the Netherlands, and then offers to fly him to New York to help the police. Via O'Hare. Yeah, via KLM. Um, And Kwasé declines the offer, uh, insisting that if he were to go to New York, he would be submerged by all sorts of impressions which would disturb him, which is kind of like what Charles was saying Mm
2: -hmm. about
1: being in crowded places. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, But Kwasé did agree to help from afar, and so he asked for a map of New York and a photo of uh, missing Edith, and then, and so the VP was like, "Absolutely, I'll get that to you, you know, as soon as possible." And then, um, while still on this initial phone call, he began to have a vision, and so he said, "Quote: Yes, don't hang up. I'm beginning to see. Yes, it isn't in the center of the city. If you turn your back on the Statue of Liberty, it's in the left part of New York. I see a big building." Of course, that doesn't mean anything. There are many of them. But at the top of this building, I see an orange rectangular publicity board and a garage, a square, a park. I see a railway line, rails above the street. On the other side, there is garbage. Farther on, water. There's a river beside it. So at this point, he's basically just describing Manhattan, but it's fine. hmm um, the man who has taken the child is small, 54 or 55. He has a pointed face. He is wearing something gray. I see a gray house. The child is there.
0: Ooh, Ooh that's creepy. Oh, it's spooky. I got a I chill from that.
1: Yeah. Mm. Okay, so, of course, Chelsea... The neighborhood is on the west side of Manhattan, so on the left if you turn your back on the Statue of Liberty, which I under—I mm-hmm. feel I feel for this man because that's how I give directions and people want to kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, you pass the McDonald's. Yeah, by my <laughs> yeah. you know
0: how many McDonald's have been like just. Road signs for us over the course of our friendship.
3: You know that nut store where we were at my golden birthday? Not the first
0: Casey's in Iowa, the third Casey's. Then you take a left.
1: Yeah, <laughs> By always- the KFC Taco Bell combo. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Um, I'm so hungry. Obviously, the Hudson River is, you know, not far. Um, mm. There is an elevated railway line. Uh, in that the neighborhood. The High Line! Yes. So the high it's line, so cool. It's super cool. So it was a disused railway line for many years, and there actually aren't that many elevated railway lines in New York. Um, so that was a little bit specific. Although, again, this case had made front-page headlines, so he could have read about all this. It's a little bit yeah. ambiguous. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, the high, now that disused railway line has become... Um, a really cool park called the High Line, and it's really awesome. Um, it's amazing, I love it. and
0: they have so many places to get delicious shaved ice.
1: Yeah, it's nice. Just saying. Okay, so anybody with an international newspaper and a map of Manhattan would have been able to identify many of these things, but not um, the latter part, right? About the specific building and the gray house and, 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 and person yeah. and, and age of the person and whatever. Pointy um, face. Yeah. Um, I couldn't get any information about the orange billboard, so we're just going to have to take him up at his word for that. Okay, but Kwasi wasn't finished. So after being given a photo of little Edith, like, the following day, and some of her clothes, so basically because KLM flies back and forth from New York to the Netherlands all the time, so they brought clothes of hers the very next day, and he was able to oh, How hold- did they?
0: Oh, okay, well, they probably got it from the family.
1: Yes, Not all of her
0: clothes are going to be evidence, obviously. Yeah, Yeah, no,
1: not evidence, but just her clothes, her belongings. Um, So then his visions grew more specific, and he said, What a mass of houses. It's enough to drive anyone mad. Ah, I'm close. Yes, I see a dark woman sitting in front of a window. Two houses farther on, there is laundry and a dry cleaner's. I see this gray building again. There are five floors. On the second, I feel a strong emotion. The child is there. She is dead. Oh, God. (sighs) Okay. So Vogels, the VP, phones the police in New York, relays the information. Five hours later, the police receive a tip just a couple of blocks from where Edith had been abducted. Of course, the police had been overwhelmed with tips and might not have followed up on this one right away... Had it not matched the psychic's description so perfectly?
0: Oh my Ooh. God, what?
1: In a cheap five-story rooming house on 20th oh. Street, um, one that had already been initially searched by police, but not thoroughly, so some of the rooms people weren't home and the police had to were planning to come back later. Um, a concerned boarder informed the landlady that one of the rooms had been locked for days. It was okay. suspicious, and the landlady phoned police as she and the boarder attempted to knock in the door.
0: Let mm-hmm. me just make something a little bit clear to the people listening. In these boarding houses, folks shared a lot of amenities, including the bathroom.
1: Yeah.
0: So, like, it mm-hmm. would be really fucking suspicious if you knew there was a tenant living in one of these spaces, and they were locked in for days. Because they would yes. have nowhere to even go to the bathroom. People or shared a water anything. pump. Yeah, 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 they couldn't get water. Like they'd have their own kitchen and like a basin, but there's no running water in these tenement mm-hmm. apartments. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that doesn't sound that suspicious to like a modern day apartment, but mm-hmm. in these times, that would have been really fucked up.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a very good point. Good and this point. was this was like an especially <laughs> dingy, shitty one.
0: Mm-hmm. So I went to the tenement museum last summer, and it was. Fucking crazy! My mom and I went together, mm-hmm. and like, if you if you have a day in in Manhattan to go check that out, it's mm-hmm. super crazy.
1: It's really I highly recommend it. it it's yes. so yeah. good,
0: but to see how these people lived, it's unbelievable.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, so police arrive right away. So they take the tip really seriously because it matches this the the description mm-hmm. that they had gotten, you know, earlier that day. Um. They arrive, they gain access to the room. The first thing they see is a small child's purple snowsuit. No! Oh, no, Edith, no. Oh. I'm not going to go into all the details because it's really gruesome. Um, but little Edith was there. She was dead. She had been raped and brutally beaten. A four-year-old?
3: Yes. Oh. What no. the fuck?
1: Yes. Um, you
3: need to just stop doing cases. I know, yeah. I'm sorry. Kenyon, you're out of You're off the
0: podcast. You're 86.
1: Voted <laughs> um, you out. <laughs> can I be your intern?
0: <laughs> yeah, you uh, can be the intern, but I'm going to reject every case you research because it's going to have, like, a dead baby in it. Too
1: fucking <laughs> gruesome. Um, I won't, I'm not going to say this next part because it's, I'm reading the room and it's not worth it. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um... Investigators quickly learned that a, quote, short, toothless, derelict, red-haired British man. Oh,
0: that's a lot of bad strikes against you as a
1: person. (laughs) Being
0: British is your only redeeming quality in this scenario.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fucking. Wow. Wow. Yeah, short, Ooh. toothless, and derelict, and redheaded. Apologize <laughs> to all dere-leaked. the gingers out there. Derelict.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so hot right now.
1: What is this, a tenement for ants? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually,
0: literally every tenement is a tenement for ants,
1: just so you know. <laughs> um, he, he had rented the room just a few days prior, and his name was Fred Thompson. Uh, um boom. He was from England, but had abandoned his wife and children there 15 years earlier and moved to of New course. York. Um, since then, he had worked odd jobs, but given his raging alcoholism, most of these only lasted a few days before he would be drunk on the job and fired. He super Gem. fits
0: the description of an out-of-control barren woman. Who yeah. needed to steal a baby? Because <laughs> yeah. of his hey, maternal no, women.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: are you fucking kidding me? I'm yeah. still so hung up on that. FBI like, profiling so was
1: not a thing yet.
0: And not a good thing, anyway.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, the alcoholism and lack of personal hygiene had affected him physically, hence toothless... Ish, uh, ish, um, ish, But, but of ish, course, ish, um, ish, <laughs> given the fact that dozens of cheap boarding houses... Uh, Filled with similar rough living men, had littered the neighborhood. Uh, this description didn't narrow things down too much, so they uh-huh. they like did just like a police sketch. And literally, the landlady was like, uh, "That's Hundreds. like this
2: whole neighborhood.
0: <laughs> this is everyone I rent to. You're not helping me. That is amazing."
3: So they did the police sketch based on the. Landlord's description of this guy who'd rented the yeah. room? Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Wait. Yeah. 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 Oh. Okay. Yeah. Because they don't have him yet. Because, yeah, they don't have him yet. And initially, they didn't have any photos of him.
3: So mm. they were trying
1: to put together a sketch based on someone who, like, actually had, had seen him, albeit kind of briefly. Um, mm. He was a short, toothless, derelict, dirty <laughs> Brit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's great. He's a
3: catch. Uh, I only slept with them twice Oh my god I have
0: a 20 tooth minimum to ride this ride and I have had to enforce that in the past The men attracted to me are not always so great
1: Dan how has many, all of his teeth. I was Dan say, how many teeth, teeth does Dan have? <laughs> oh my god. Okay, so the police <laughs> caught a break, however, when they discovered a photo ID card for one of Thompson's odd jobs as a nightclub bouncer. Um so police not going to that nightclub. Yeah. So I'm pretty would. sure he was like five foot six. <laughs> Yeah, but he looks horrifying. Like <laughs> yeah. no
0: one's gonna fuck with him.
1: It's That's actually true. a really
0: smart move on the part of the nightclub. Good hire.
3: Well you're driving away customers, Yeah. You can pat them down. Yeah, in the but no riffraff. Way. No riffraff is getting in there.
1: A, or women. Yeah, or women. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> police were able to match fingerprints from the ID card to beer cans strewn nearby Edith's body. Oh my God. More importantly, they publicized the photo from the ID card uh, widely. Mm. So, practically every newspaper on the East Coast ran the photo and profile of Edith's killer like within hours, basically.
2: Mm
1: hmm. Um, As soon as a short, red-haired, toothless British man calling himself (laughs) John Andrews turned Mm. up at uh, the New Jersey chicken farm uh, looking to fill a vacancy that had been in the newspaper, farm owner Max Pesco knew that this was really the infamous Fred Thompson.
0: Nice. Mm -hmm. He
1: uh, pretended to hire Thompson and then uh, phoned police you know, before the man could leave. And then, uh, you know, the police came and apprehended him. So Fred was 58, not 55, as Quazay predicted, but I'm going to give it to him. But so
0: close. Yeah.
1: Um, he did have somewhat of a pointed face. He had very pointy ears and nose, at mm. least. Um, and he Do you have was, a photo of this guy? Yeah, look on the drive. Be on the blog. It's, there's not many. All I
0: see is Billy Crystal.
1: I know so many pictures
0: oh, of. Oh, I
1: see
3: him. Is he kind of balding?
1: Yeah, he's he's going bald, and that's a that, pointed
0: face. I'll take that. Yeah, I his like pointy lips.
1: His is,
3: pointy ears, pointy nose, yeah. pointy eyebrows. Yeah, and his eyes are even like
1: sharp. sharp. He looks like Robert Durst. He, he does. does. He does look a little bit like Robert Durst. Yeah. Dead eyes. Also, plaid on
3: plaid?
0: Come on, guy. Do mm-hmm. better.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he had bigger fish to fry. He had no teeth. Um, <laughs> he also was He's wearing. Just distracting a. distracting
0: from his teeth <laughs> with that outfit.
1: The one thing you need to be pointy on your face. <laughs>
2: you don't even have it. <laughs>
1: A pointy face, but not too pointy. Oh, God. Um, He was also wearing a gray shirt (laughs) and gray jacket when he was (gasps) apprehended by police.
0: No. Really?
1: Yep. The psychic said that. Yep. Yeah. So Thompson admitted his guilt almost immediately, telling police that he had simply walked up to little Edith playing on the sidewalk with a smile and a kind voice, saying, I have a little girl like you, but she's sick at home. Would you like Uh, to come visit her? No! (laughs) Oh, that's horrifying. Yeah. Oh my god! It's the fucking worst. It's disgusting. Yeah. Ugh! Yeah. Um, He attacked her as soon as he brought her back to his rented room. He said he couldn't control himself. Oh, fuck Um, you. and, And then killed her right after and then um, went on an intense bender um, over the next few days uh, before sobering up and deciding to flee the city and lay low. (sighs) Uh, In the cop car on the way back to Manhattan from the New Jersey chicken farm, uh, Thompson reportedly told the police inspector, it was the worst crime I had ever known and I committed it.
0: What a fucker.
1: Mm-hmm. So we've talked about this before a little bit.
3: If you're going to commit a crime like that, mm-hmm. then you've mm-hmm. either likely committed it, committed something similar before or worked your way up to that, or yeah. it's
1: going to happen again.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, it, it's got to be. H- who? Yes. I mean... Well, and
0: mental illness is clearly playing a huge role in this situation because you don't oh, have compulsions yeah. like this without... You know some sort of some untreated demons yeah.
1: yeah you're, you're not just just being an alcoholic that i mean plenty of no. people are alcoholics that's not going to lead you to be a pedophile no. or a no. kidnapper
0: yeah.
1: no no
0: there there is no linear connection there without something in the middle like what
1: and he had left his family in england it sounded like without a word so who yeah. knows what went on in england Right. Mm-hmm. There could knows? have been
0: some compulsion brewing there.
1: Yeah. And, and who he knows fled what that. Went on in the last 15 years in New York as he's bouncing from job to job every few days and going uh, on benders and living in, you know, dingy rented rooms. I mean, he basically was like. Uh, what's the, what's the word? Mm-hmm. An indigent. Like, he mm-hmm. just was all mm-hmm. over the place. You could barely track him. What a Ugh. fucking nightmare. So
3: imagine, yeah. like, the psychic, if he operated the same way that Charles does, like, entering the right. mind and emotions of either the four-year-old child or mm. this man. Oh. would yeah. be oh fucking God. horrifying. It would be unbearable.
0: Horrifying. Yeah. I'm, like, getting super emotional just thinking about that. And, and I know I'm I know. drunk, but, like, that's fucked up.
1: It's yeah. really, it's really fucked up. Okay, I'm it makes almost you want to
0: believe that it's not real because you don't want an innocent third party to mm-hmm. experience that. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Ugh, that's so fucked up.
1: Yeah. Um, well, let's bring it back up, guys. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, news of Thompson's capture spread quick, quickly, and within just a few hours, a veritable lynch mob—in quotes. Uh, comprised of hundreds of incensed community members, had formed outside of the jail where Thompson was being kept, demanding the electric chair for Edith's killer.
0: Yeah, sorry, I'd probably Mm. be part of that mob.
1: Yeah. Like, if I'm
0: just, you know, I took to the streets when Trump got elected, I would probably Mm -hmm. take to the streets over this, too.
1: Yeah. They had (laughs) signs. I want the electric
0: chair for Trump, too, so sorry.
1: (laughs) Oh, my God. Super
0: unpopular opinion on this (laughs) listener base, I know, but... I'd be right
1: there.
4: (laughs) The electric
1: chair for money laundering and literally no other crimes.
2: Um, How about just a padded room?
1: We'll start with a padded room. Yeah. Just take away Twitter. Um, (laughs) So Fred Thompson uh, was tried and convicted with a mandatory death sentence, but somehow, soon thereafter, he was moved from prison to a state mental hospital. And then rather than receive the electric chair he was yeah. institutionalized for the rest of his life. I, you know, Probably okay, worse. I'm kind
0: of on board with that because yeah. he clearly is mentally ill.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: In, like, I'm, a borderline unrehabable way. I know that's not a word. Don't worry about it. <laughs> shh, shh. I'm um, in college. A, a state
3: <laughs> mental hospital at that point like oh, that definitely. would be worse than a quick than death. death. Yeah. Way
1: worse than a quick death, probably. I hope he had Nurse Ratchet.
0: Um, we should talk to my mom because she <laughs> used to work as like an orderly, basically in a in a women's mental institution in in Massachusetts, and she has some Your crazy stories about that. Yeah, my mom's a fucking jobs. badass.
1: Yeah, Zach's mom used to work in a in mental institutions too as a therapist. Mm-hmm. So that, we'll do a whole episode. Okay. Oh my oh, yes. god. Oh my god. So uh, for years, this is a side note, almost done. For years, a wax museum on Coney Island dedicated to true crime, which, oh my God, bring this back.
0: Yeah, what?
3: Oh we my God. we, we want open it.
1: this. We want the Guys. true crime wax museum on Coney.
3: We our wax should figures reopen. will be horrifying. Let's do it. Wine, crime, Pony Island Wax
1: Museum. <laughs> I would
0: be so We happy. should be diversifying our business portfolio <laughs> and buying property. <laughs>
3: Everyone will have, like, buttons for eyes.
0: (laughs) Okay, I'm going to start looking into this. As our financial person, I'm going to look and see what we've got in the budget.
1: My my wax figure would be at least six sizes smaller than my actual figure. It would be unrecognizable. (laughs)
0: Do you think a realtor would accept free wine and an ad trade? An ad (laughs) trade. Oh, my God. Okay. This is a goal for 2018
1: okay so this wax museum which sounds like heaven on earth uh featured a wax display (laughs) of thompson sitting forlornly in a dingy boarding house room staring into space
0: oh Oh, Oh, my fucking god
1: yeah Uh, i want (laughs) to go
0: to this wax museum so
1: bad devastating that it's closed okay we're bringing it Um, back Psychic detective Quasay would go on to work on a number of other high-level disappearance and murder cases with mixed success, and mm-hmm. then his son Gerard Quasay Jr. followed in his father's footsteps, also becoming a psychic detective, also with mixed success. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty common—the mixed success. Yeah. I have a lot of that in my story.
1: Yeah, yeah. So that honestly, my case.
3: if there's if there's um, one success. It's fine. It's worth it. It's good, yeah. good enough. It's good enough for this yeah. podcast.
0: Kenyon, that was amazing. we got a low bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: That was horrifying, and yep. I got so many chills. Yep. Yep.
0: And now a quick word from our sponsor.
3: Casper is a
0: sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time.
3: Did you guys know you spend one third of your life sleeping, but I feel half. like it's more like a <laughs> hard
0: half. <laughs> Two thirds of your life <laughs> sleeping.
3: You should be comfortable during that huge amount of time. Mm-hmm. And a big part <laughs> of
0: my comfort is a breathable design that helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night if you're like me and you share a bed with a human <laughs> furnace man.
3: Proposed Heard that. The experts at Casper work tirelessly, ironically. <laughs> That's jokes. Mm-hmm. That's jokes. To make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. Oh my word.
1: Oh, Casper okay. products, no, I'm kidding, <laughs> are cleverly designed to mimic human curves, providing supportive comfort for... All kinds of bodies. All the in right support
0: in all the right places As all about sleep, about sleep. Casper mattress is all sleep. Okay, I'll stop. I'm, I'm so sorry.
1: Uh, oh my God, don't sue us. Casper also provides free shipping and returns to the U.S. and our friendly neighbor to the North Canada. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm -hmm. And you can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. That sounds so good right now. I'm so hungry and so tired all the
1: time. (laughs) I want to sleep for 100 nights. (laughs) Um, So use promo code GALS at checkout to get $50 off uh, select mattresses. Again, visit casper.com forward slash GALS and use promo code GALS at checkout. And remember, terms and conditions apply.
0: Okay. (laughs) So, I'm going to be talking about Dorothy Allison, who is a ridiculously active psychic investigator, and I'm going to be doing this a little bit differently, focusing more on Dorothy and her career and a few of the cases she covered, instead of one detailed case.
1: Sweet. Okay.
0: Cool. So, Dorothy, who is, like, my new favorite person ever, she Mm -hmm. was born on December 29th, 1924, in Jersey City, New Jersey. (gasps) Jersey City! Yeah, and she lived in New Jersey all of her life because she's a boss bitch, and she knows the value of growing up Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't grow up too Jersey, but I grew up pretty Jersey, so I just feel Is that an, her.
3: a show on MTV? No, Jersey but girls. it will be soon. Growing up Jersey. Growing, growing up, up Jersey. Jersey. Oh my uh, God. Let's it. I think it's called Toddlers in Tiaras, honestly. Oh, right, right, right. Dance Moms. Just yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I love that show. Okay,
0: okay, okay. Back to back to reality. Um, Dorothy's abilities first presented when she was 14. So again, like another young child having these visions. Um, apparently, she predicted the death of her own father, who was a completely healthy man with no pre-existing conditions, and she predicted that he would suddenly fall ill and die. Oh. And shortly after her dark premonition, her father caught pneumonia and passed away. Like, within weeks of her being like, something's gonna happen to dad, it Ah, happened. uh, Dorothy took this personally as a sign that she was a seer, and her mother was apparently also a seer, and cautioned Dorothy, warning her that her visions were a gift, and she needed to be careful about how she used them. Mm -hmm. Specifically lining up, like, be careful about parlaying them into some kind of, like, financial gain because it's sort of like the rule of three, whatever you put out comes back to you and blah, blah, blah. Um, that's not really relevant to the story. I just thought it was interesting that it's recorded that like her mom had that conversation with her and then she became a fucking like psychic detective and mm-hmm. totally made a career out of it. And all of her money came from her being a psychic detective.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, never, my mom said, uh, just don't get a facial piercing. And, uh, what was it? What else is it? And don't get a tattoo. And I did both when I was 18.
3: Yeah. Hi, Sorry. Done yeah. and done. Yeah. I was going to um, say, those were not your mother's only rules no, about your life. We've broken a lot <laughs> of your mom's rules.
0: success. And we're success. fine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> success. Exactly. Your mom
3: had a new book of rules for us every day. Mm-hmm. It's called mm-hmm. a
0: binder, and yes, she did. <laughs> um, so Dorothy's abilities put her on the map as a psychic detective in 1967 when she assisted police in solving the disappearance of a little Polish boy in Nutley, New Jersey, Nutley. Nutley.
3: So on December 3rd,
0: 1967, the little boy was playing with his brother along a Jersey riverbank and disappeared. Dorothy told the Nutley police that she had dreamed of a blonde, blue-eyed boy in a green snowsuit with his shoes on the wrong feet, drowned in a pond, and his body stuck in a drain pipe. A month later, a missing boy whose description had not been publicized was found in a drain pipe, and his shoes were on the wrong feet.
3: Oh, my God. That's
0: crazy. Yeah, she gave the following clues. So, in her initial vision of the little boy, which was reportedly, um, she, she had this vision, like, two hours before the child drowned in the river, according to the timeline. But she could have added that after the fact. Like, who knows? But she... Gave the clues that he was in a pipe, that his hands were clasped together, that he's wearing a green snowsuit with a polo shirt with stripes underneath and an undershirt beneath that with a metal pin on it, and his shoes were on the wrong feet.
1: That's it. she said. All on the wrong feet specific. Ins- mm-hmm. Yeah, that's more specific um, than I could be about what I'm currently wearing if wearing, I just yeah. close my eyes. That's what I'm saying. So these she, details that you're listing that
3: she gave, they were proven to be accurate yeah, of the body? They were,
0: they were confirmed when the body was found.
3: Oh, my God. That um, is Additional crazy. psychic
0: information that came through um, during the police investigation through her was relayed and documented um, prior to him being discovered. So she said that the number 120 was significant, that the number 8 was significant, that he'd be found behind a school. Um that a parking lot behind an ITT factory was significant. That lumber was significant. That gold lettering on a window was significant, and that he'd be found on February seventh.
3: Whoa.
0: Well,
3: okay. Oh my God.
0: So he was found in the river, and like some reports say he was floating in the river. Some say he was in the drain pipe, but there had been pipes running up and down this river. Um, one of which unchecked may have released him as the snow began to thaw. So it's like. It's hard to. This case wasn't super well reported on because it was the sixties.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, like some say that he was found in the pipe, some say that he was found near the pipe, but it doesn't matter. He was mm-hmm. found on February seventh, which she said, Holy at approximately one twenty in the afternoon, oh. which she said the number one twenty. Oh yep. Was
1: he eight years old?
0: No, but an elementary school, PS <gasps> eight, stands at the <gasps> riverbank nearby. Oh,
2: so that's the significance God. of the
0: number eight and that he'd be found behind a school.
2: Oh. Across the weird. street
0: from there is a lumberyard, which she said would be significant. And next door to the lumber yard is the office building for the lumberyard with gold letters on the window. So that's the significance of the gold lettering. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Across the river from where he was found is the local ITT factory and its parking lot so she said there would be a parking lot behind an ITT factory.
1: ITT? And the boy, what's ITT?
0: I have no idea, and okay. I didn't look it up. And I'm too drunk to care right now.
1: Who yep. um, yep, cares?
0: The boy, when he was found, had literally all of the exact same clothing I that can't. she had seen him in. Every oh single, like, shit. the snowsuit is the same, the fucking the polo shirt is the same, and... At first, they saw his boots that were on the right feet, but galoshes were really popular in the 60s, so you, they were basically like a rubber shoe that you would put on over your regular shoes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They took the, gal- the galoshes off. His undershoes, like his little sneakers, were on the wrong feet.
1: Oh my god. All right, this bitch How? is either actually psychic, the real deal, yeah. or a fucking monster serial killer. How fucking yeah, or crazy she is that? <laughs> mm-hmm. How
3: old was she... How old was she when this happened? Uh, I'd say like in her twenties, thirties. Oh, okay. she was born she in nineteen twenty-four. Like
0: okay. No, mm-hmm. she was she was in her like young. 20s. She was our age, basically. Okay. okay. Um. Yeah. Oh, that's so insane. The next story that she helped with in nineteen seventy-six, Dorothy assisted with the disappearance of a fourteen-year-old girl. The investigation was going terribly, and like we talked about the, before, the parents were like, fuck this, we're going to a psychic, mm-hmm. and they had heard about her or read about her somewhere, they found her, and they reached out to her, and she asked the parents what the significance of the number 2562 meant, mm-hmm. and it turned out that it was their daughter's birthday, February mm-hmm. 2, 5th, 5, 5,
1: 1962,
0: 62. Six, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yep. She asked Whoa. what 408 or 405 meant. She said it could be either one, that she was getting a mixed, you know, mm-hmm. reading. 405 a.m. was the time their daughter was born. Mm-hmm.
2: Ugh.
0: She got a vision that the daughter had been strangled by her boyfriend and gave his name, but this was not in, like, any public report that I could find, like, the name of the guy. Mm-hmm. Um... She said that the daughter would be found at a place with the words M A R written in big red letters. She said that she is in water but that she didn't drown. She entered the water after the fact.
3: Harmar Superstar. She yeah, she was killed.
0: Yep, yep. She mentioned what? the smell Harmar Superstar. Oh, gotcha. Don't worry about it. She mentioned the smell of oil and the number 222. She right saw an into abandoned the numbers. Yeah, numbers are big for her. She very much, like, paints a scene. I yeah. don't know what vision that would align with, but, like, she finds, like, the scene
2: mm-hmm. where these people mm-hmm. can be
0: found. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, she saw an abandoned car. She saw two sets of dual church steeples. Mm. She saw dual smokestacks. And she saw marshes and swamps.
3: Mm. Ew. So like after the area,
0: yeah, it sounds really creepy. After the police were just really uncooperative, the father of the missing girl kind of took it upon himself to look for her using Dorothy's clues. He came to a marshed and swamped area in another town and he saw two sets of dual church steeples and dual smokestacks in that area. He decided mm-hmm. to check it out. Um, he found a rock with the words M A R written in le- red lettering in that area. <gasps> On a
1: rock? Why? On a rock.
0: I don't know. He found an abandoned car nearby in the area, but, like, you know, you never know. He never found himself, like, he never found her on his search, Mm -hmm. but years later, teenagers found her body in the exact same area, only 100 yards from that rock with (gasps) M-A-R written on it.
2: No. Almost
0: two years later, they found her.
3: Her father was right there. Yep,
0: yep, With all of the above clues that Dorothy had given, clearly visible with an eyesight from the placement of her body. Oh, no. Oh, the body was God. found in a water hole, placed in an oil drum, and the serial <gasps> number on the oil drum was 222.
3: No. Oh, oh my yeah. God.
0: And the boyfriend, it turns out, had killed her. He was arrested and charged with her murder. He'd strangled her, put her in the oil drum, and placed her body in the water hole.
1: Where are people getting all these fucking oil drums? I mean, it's the 60s. (laughs) I don't fucking know. It's before EPA
3: regulation. Right. Right. Isn't that fucking crazy, though?
1: The most insane. It's so
0: crazy. So wow. she was consulted during a few other notable cases that we've talked about before. Um, Son of Sam.
1: Yum. Yeah. She drew
0: an accurate portrait of the killer that looked a lot like a A lot David like Berkowitz. a black lab. Yeah, a lot like a dog. <laughs> um, she also correctly predicted that he would be caught because of a parking ticket. Oh my God. Oh yeah. my God. She assisted with Patty Hearst. Nice. She gave precise details of the locations in Pennsylvania and New York where she was being held captive, and she correctly predicted that she would bond with her kidnappers and assist them in a bank robbery.
1: What? Wow. Yeah. Wow. This woman's incredible. pay her all the money. I know. Is she still alive? Are you
0: listening? Well, wait, we'll get there.
3: We'll send you a shirt. Um, (laughs) She also
0: assisted with the John JonBenet Ramsey case. This was a little interesting because Dorothy... Well, Dorothy immediately said that John and Pat Ramsey were innocent, that they didn't do it. And then she drew a sketch of the person that she quote saw as the killer of John Binet Ramsey and it looked exactly like uh cur- like the most recent suspect John Carr. If you go to the drive, you can see I put a picture of the sketch but next John to a picture Carr, of John Carr. He, but he was didn't proved do it. innocent. Yeah. He was proved innocent, but it's interesting that she got a flash that like Evidence would lead to him. You know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. some people see it as a miss. Uh, what, what did I write here? Mm-hmm. Um, misdirected hit.
1: Well, he was but expending a shit ton of energy thinking about the case. Amazing. So yeah,
0: and he was arrested yeah. as a suspect, and she did this. She she drew this years before, like right after the case, and then he was apprehended in 1998. Years mm-hmm. later, and the sketch she drew looked like him in 1998
3: you it's know like a, these
0: visions crazy. are subjective like maybe she just saw a flash of someone who was going to be arrested Getting for arrested. this, even if he wasn't yeah. guilty or you
3: just like felt the vibrations of right. somebody connected with it strongly you know mm-hmm. yeah
0: so he was arrested although he was concluded not to be the killer but this you know it's still creepy that mm-hmm. she drew
3: that picture was it conclusive, um, like one hundred percent he did not kill her? I mean he was I released. Feel
1: like, I feel like in the he wasn't even the in the country when it happened or mm-hmm. something crazy like that. Yeah. He had an alibi. Like he had
0: like a strong alibi. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well he um, he pretended to have done it and then it was proven up. that he didn't do it.
0: She's been featured on several episodes of Unsolved Mysteries, and if you go to the drive you can see some amazing pictures of her. There's a picture of her uh, that just says Dorothy Allison, psychic, and that's her on Unsolved Mysteries. And her glasses are Kenyon's exact same glasses from childhood. <laughs> <laughs> and her hair is just like Looks a perfect like dome. The,
1: this house is clay.
0: <laughs> yeah, Zelda. Oh
1: my god, um, wait, I have to see.
0: But you can oh, see some pictures yep, of her. I had those
1: glasses. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: you can see her pictures of her like doing a reading in the seventies, like across sitting across from this cool lady with a Jerry curl. Mhm. Mhm. She was awesome. <laughs> Her adjusting this her glasses. cool lady with a jerry curl. And then there is, she did write um, a book about her experiences called Dorothy Allison, A Psychic Story. And I super want to read it, so I'm going to find it on Amazon.
3: Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm borrowing it when you're done. Yeah,
0: I'll get it and then we'll share it. Um, but yeah, she was like, she this was her career. She was very active doing this for years. And then in true boss bitch fashion, she predicted her own death. Well, Oh. Yeah, so in 1990, Dorothy advised her family that she was going to die shortly before her 75th birthday of heart disease. Okay. She passed away in December 1999 from heart disease, one month shy of her 75th birthday.
1: Oh my what god. A badass. Yeah. Bitch. Think about yeah. everything she probably knew and just didn't say. Right? Shit, like, man.
0: Wow. In my research about this woman, it's been. I didn't include a lot of the, like, missed Mm
2: -hmm.
0: predictions that she made because I felt like they were stupid and kind of (laughs) unnecessary. I mean, the stuff she missed was, like, so (laughs) trivial and dumb that it's like, that shouldn't devalue the shit that she nailed on the head in all of these fucking situations that were so accurate. It's just, like, it blew my mind reading about her.
1: These things aren't... Like 50 50. It's not like half the time she was right when she predicted the person was dead and half the time Mm -hmm. she was wrong when she predicted the person was alive, you know, where it's Mm -hmm. like one of two options. It's like his shoes are going to be on the wrong feet. Yeah. There's a rock with MAR on it. You're in an oil
0: drum with the number 222 drawn
1: on it. Yeah, that's not like like an either or 50% 50 chance prediction.
2: Yeah,
3: And no. there were probably a lot of clues or visions that she got that were completely missed by anybody else. You yeah. know, like yeah. there's yeah. a grasshopper next to her head or no, you know I yeah. love it's her.
0: Like, I totally believe in her. She's amazing. Nothing can convince me otherwise, so yeah. just don't even bother writing those emails to us. Thank you. Bye. Buying
1: bye. her book. Thank you. Good night. Yep. Yeah. If anybody wants so, yeah. to send us three free copies of her book from Amazon,
0: <laughs> <we would laughs> that's acceptable. <laughs> if anybody wants to argue that she's not real, that's not acceptable. Just to be very yeah. clear about our expectations.
1: Yeah. Well, that so, yeah. That's my story. That's Dorothy amazing. Allison.
0: Yeah. Isn't she incredible? I love her so much.
1: I'm naming I my first her. child Dorothy, male or female. Same. Or or neither. <laughs> Yep. Dorother. Dorother. Dor- if it's a boy. Dorother.
3: Dorothe. Get it? Yep. Dorothee. I
0: get it. I love her. Dorothe.
1: Okay. So.
0: Guys, we're so woke.
1: <laughs> I'm not making fun. I'm not making fun. I mean I'm making fun, but not in a malicious way. Okay. So special thanks this week. Woo! I'm gonna do the first one. It is yeah, to right. Gina Myers.
2: Thank you. It's Gina. It's Jaina. Gi-
3: <laughs> I only said that, no offense, Gina Myers, because it is my favorite line in 40-Year-Old Virgin. Sorry about it.
0: It's Jaina. Okay.
3: All right. Uh, all right. Amanda Hopkins. Woo-hoo, yes, woo-hoo, thank love you. Love your name.
0: Um, Jamie Trouble and... A Fun fact, my first tattoo ever was a treble clef that I begged my mom to take me to get when I was 16, and now it looks like an irregular mole. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they have rules in place for a reason. Yeah, well, it's okay. I My tattoo is in a place where like, literally everyone was like, what about when you get pregnant? Um, and yeah. I was like, "Well, whatever. It's gonna look like Lyndon B. Johnson. I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> and now it looks like Gerald Ford, and you're fine with it.
0: <laughs> to be clear, it started as a crescent moon, and now yeah. it looks like Lyndon B. Johnson and Gerald Ford. So I that, is been really, yet. that is well, a really that is a really bleak picture.
3: It looks like pointy face Fred Thompson. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: Fred
1: Thompson, the wax ears figure of him on my hip, <laughs> <In> <laughs> and heat. blue and bright Love blue. It. Okay. Um, you mean gray. Shout okay. out to <laughs> Shout out to Alexandra, mystery woman.
2: Ooh. Yeah.
0: Or man or neither.
1: Yep. <laughs> or both. Jennifer Jennifer Edwards, thank <gasps> you. <gasps> ooh, ooh,
0: Stephanie ooh. Mangan, thank you.
2: Yeah.
1: You're banging, oh, yeah. Stephanie Mangan. Banging. <gasps> Is it my turn? Yeah. Yep. Rhiannon Garrett. Rhiannon. Uh, <laughs> Rhiannon. We're, we're the first oh. people to have ever done that to her, I bet. I love that name
0: <laughs> and love that song, and you're a goddamn queen.
1: Um, and you'll be getting a goddamn fucking patriarchy wine glass for donating at $10 Ooh. a month. Thank you so much. You sure will.
0: Oh, Lizzie, you're so lucky you get the same.
1: Dolores DiMartini. God Ooh. bless. Yep. You can drink a martini out of your fucking patriarchy wine glass. Uh, uh, but it won't it, stay cold for very long because it's it a plastic won't.
3: glass. Sorry
0: about it. Kate <laughs> Hannah, you're also getting a fucking patriarchy wine glass because you're donating it $10 a month and we love you. Yes,
3: yes. Uh,
1: and uh. Ina D, or maybe it's pronounced Ina. It's John um, <laughs> Ina, <Day. laughs> Ina D. Ina <laughs> D.
3: We love you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Brandy Edwards, you are a fucking saint because yeah. you increased your pledge from $1 a month to $10 a month, love and you God, too you will so be getting much. a fucking patriarchy flexible wine glass. Thank you. Thank you. And thank
0: you, Candy Emmons, for increasing your donation from $5 a month to $10 a month. And oh, my And keep your eyes on the mail. For your fucking patriarchy wine glass.
1: And (laughs) same to a Courtney Benjamin, who created her own damn tier level because fuck the patriarchy and fuck rules, and she is donating at $15 a month. So So we're going to have to find a
0: creative gift (laughs) to give you, because we currently did not expect that tier. (laughs) (laughs) And, and just find
1: it. something in my office, yeah. just include it. Lucy's in just gonna yeah. send you an FP wine glass and some shit from her house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like cat a, a free cat command strip. Hair. Yeah, <laughs> you're some decluttering it. some used batteries. <laughs> um, Oh my god, do it! You they have might be to charged. Do it. I'll
3: never know. You, you we'll never know. have to
1: do it.
0: You're
3: just in a pile. <laughs> All right.
2: A thank you. These wine glass <laughs> and
0: just garbage from Lucy's
3: <laughs> house. Yeah, Please send me a yeah. note if you truly do want trash from my house because there's a lot. She's got a lot <laughs> yeah. to give away. Literally. I have a lot of random shit that I just love to give away. Actually, this should be a new thing. Yeah, because I, I seriously do need to declutter and if i don't you give 15 dollars a month <laughs>
0: yeah. you get the no empty wine glass and a random discarded treat <laughs> from <laughs> any one of our houses but really Unless only loses had. her mind because kenya lives in south africa and nothing will yeah. make it to the states
1: yeah but seriously just a random something it won't it won't be perishable we can promise no. you that
0: it might be an already it, scratched off lottery game. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. It'll be <laughs> that you have to travel to Iowa to cash yeah.
0: in it. It might be canned goods that are expired. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the garbage in my house that I need to get rid
1: of. It might be a half-burned votive candle.
0: Ooh, that's a good one.
1: Yeah. Whoa. A worn out cat brush. It could be anything. <laughs> We're doing allergies that we should avoid.
0: We're super doing this. This is a new thing. Thank
3: you, Courtney Benjamin,
0: for creating the new fifteen dollars tier
1: for Patreon. (laughs) It's my favorite tier. All of a sudden, (laughs) it's for sure my new favorite tier. (laughs) I'm gonna send you the rest of my toast I haven't eaten yet. No, not perishable. (laughs) Can send the knife, the butter knife. It'll just Do be it. breadcrumbs by the time it gets to you. <coughs> Not perished. They can make croutons. Right.
0: Obviously, we need to thank our amazing sponsor, Talkspace, the online therapy company that's making it affordable and easy and convenient for you to get connected with a licensed therapist in your area. If you head to Talkspace.com forward slash gals, G-A-L-S, you can get 30 bucks off your first month. We highly recommend you give it a try. All
1: right. We love you. We, we love you all Love you. So <laughs> Goodbye. Say you next
0: week. Bye-bye.
3: Thanks for listening to Wine and Crime, our cover art is by Kali Yip, music by Phil Young and Corey Wendell. Check out our website and blog at wineandcrimepodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at wineandcrimepod. If you have wine recommendations or creepy true crime stories to share, email us at wineandcrimepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, basically wherever you get your podcasts. More importantly, if you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. It really is the best way to spread the word. We are a totally independent show, so if you'd like to support us and get a shout-out on air, visit our Patreon page to keep this podcast and the wine flowing. Cheers! Hi, I'm Noelle Heil, the host and creator of Heil on Life, the podcast where I talk one-on-one with people who inspire me. My guests come from all walks of life, different jobs and careers, and they all have different motivations that have helped them throughout their lives. I find their stories fascinating and hope that you will too. To learn more, find me on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, YouTube, Tumblr, and Libsyn. And remember, we may have similar stories but our journeys are all our own.